in our recent weeks, we've been looking at this idea of having peace. And uh, of course, that, that comes a lot of different ways. Uh, it only comes one way as far as through Christ, but we looked at many different avenues of it in uh, what the Bible says as far as us having peace. And, and uh, of course, it starts with salvation and uh, understanding salvation. We looked at that and uh, we looked at uh, different parts as far as obedience to Christ, how God wants to protect our mind and keep our mind and heart right, and uh, all those things. One thing we've not explored extensively, although it may have been mentioned, that we're going to look at today with peace is some of the things that rob peace, some of the things that get in the way of our peace, some of the things that keep us from having peace. And this world, we looked at one of them last week, we dealt with forgiveness. And uh, one of the things throughout Scripture and the Christian life and lacking in the world is the idea of forgiveness. Uh, there's lots of part. We could spend quite some time on that. Uh, we're, we're not going to, but how we um, a forgiveness is for us. We even saw last week that it affects God. Even God forgave for his own sake. And uh, we saw last week that's how important forgiveness is. And uh, so with that, another enemy, uh, uh, the, the big enemy, all the details, if you call enemies, if you will, of peace, uh, the biggest one, of course, uh, certainly is Satan himself and his devices. We're going to look at a little bit today on some of the things about uh, Satan and his one. See, Satan's goal is to, of course, keep people lost. And uh, Satan doesn't care about mankind one way or the other. Satan cares about hurting God. Uh, Satan's against God and his pride. And if he can keep somebody from being saved, that means they can't have a relationship with God. And, and the second, if they get, if you get saved, then Satan wants to destroy your relationship with God, or at the very least, keep you so distracted in this world that, that you can't serve God well, or at least your ability and have that peace because of those distractions. Isaiah chapter 14 tells us a little bit about, uh, Satan and, uh, with some of his origins, if you will. And uh, so, it, and it gives us the understanding of Satan. Start reading in verse 12, Isaiah 14 and verse 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? Um, and notice right there, it said Lucifer. So he was fallen from heaven. He was in heaven. We're not going to elaborate on what all that means and getting into angels and, and the jobs and the cherubims and the, and the set, all the stuff that, that went on in heaven. That's not the point of what we're looking at today. Just know Satan had a job. His name used to be Lucifer. He served God in heaven. Um, what, what that means for the purpose going forward is Satan knows God. Satan knows how God operates. Satan knows the plan of God. That's why Satan tried to tempt Jesus in the wilderness and, and tried to stop things going to the cross, I, I believe, because Satan knew what was happening. Um, Satan also knows his end, but uh, I just throw it out there since we're on it. calls him son of the morning, um, O Lucifer, son of the morning. One of the things you have to watch, and, and uh, we mentioned a while back, did a history on the Bible and all that, um, one of the marks 
mark of the, the false or perversions of the Bible, um, different from the King James, is, is it calls here Lucifer, son of the morning. In Revelation 22.16, Jesus is called the morning star. And all the other modern versions of the Bible, it switches places with those names. And it gives Lucifer the name of Christ and gives Christ the name of Lucifer. And uh, some of the things when people say, oh, they're just easy to read, understand. No, there's some big deals. When you just glance through a page and, and or somebody's giving something that, that's a different version of Scripture, um, sometimes it sounds innocent. Oh, yeah, it kind of says the same thing. And, and sometimes it may. But you got to watch those things. There, there's some stuff in there that, that if you're not paying attention, can seem subtle, but they're a big deal. Uh, giving Lucifer the name of Christ is not a small problem. Um, and uh, so we, we have to understand who, when we look at these things in Scripture and understand who is being talked about and what's going on, those things are important um, because it does say Lucifer, and you got some of the cult religions that say Jesus and Satan were brothers and all that. Well, if you got another Bible, it's hard to disprove that. Um, so stick with the Word of God and, and, and we get that. It's important going forward knowing who this is. Not Christ, it is an angel-created angel being, um, not a person, um, not like Jesus is God. He's part of the Trinity. He's the only begotten Son of God. Uh, the, those those terms in the Bible are important on all sides. And uh, but so this laying out who Lucifer is. Verse uh, how art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, uh, which did weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Notice several times there when Lucifer is talking before he's cast out of heaven, how many times the term I is there. Satan's sin, and, and I, I believe the, the, the main focus of any sin, it doesn't matter if we call it a small sin or a big sin or, or how we think we view sin as, as humans and, and, and try to, well, this person, we're not as bad as that person, whatever. It doesn't matter what our opinion of sin is. Uh, first of all, all sin separates us from God. That's why we need salvation. Second of all, notice all sin has some root in pride. Every bit of sin comes from something. I want, I decide, um, I don't like this, I'm against this person, I don't like what you said. I'm not, it, it doesn't matter what sin it is, it has a root in pride. And, and uh, we, we, we look at these things, that's where Satan started. Can you imagine a created, it's hard for us to, to fathom that. We're trying to get through life and, and, and understand God through the word of God. And as a journey, as we're looking in scripture, and how do we have peace while we live in here in this old sin-filled world? And, and how do we get through the struggles of daily life sometimes? And, and, and long-term, watch all the chaos in the world because of sin. And we're trying to get through, stay focused on God enough to keep that peace and serve God. And we're looking and then you look and how does a created being that got to serve God in heaven think that he could possibly take God's place. I, I, I can't imagine that level of pride, but that's what happened. 
And uh, so we have to understand that there's a, they, they might, when you look at verses like uh, Romans 12, 2, that's talking about being transformed by the renewing of your mind. Um, the reason that's important is like you, you're, you're that process of how we think and how we view things based on the word of God. And it has to come first from the mind and thinking. Otherwise, it gets pride. Otherwise, we get to a place and this world's teaching it. That's what all the junk is in the world today. We, we want to get after symptoms or, or, or a visual part of a sin. In other words, someone commits an action, someone commits a sin or, 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 or the big one just because they make it a big deal. Um, I, I'm not trying to single out any particular sin at the moment, but, but recently we see in the world they have all the, these, these gay parades and pride. You notice the theme of them. They always call it a pride parade or a pride event or, or a pride or you see the pride thing flash all over. Uh, the, their lifestyle is just the symptom. Um, yes, we, we understand where the sin is, but it doesn't matter what your sin is. It all comes with pride. And that's why they want to take the sin like that and they want to flaunt it and push it and put it out for the whole world to see is because of pride. And, and Satan looks, when he left heaven, he was looking at pride. If we don't get a control on how our thought process works and how we think things with, with our heart and with our mind and how to focus on the things of the word of God and get our natural state, our carnal man, the, the old man, if you will, the, the flesh that we live in is going to take this view of the world and say, hey, I need, I want, and I want. And the truth is sometimes it's, it's more subtle than others. Sometimes it, it's, it's a little easier. For example, um, it, it, it's absolutely good and right to try to improve yourself, if you will. Now, some people say, for example, if I have a job, I want to do a good job, and if I can advance or, or, or get a position that's going to get me some extra pay, maybe, as long as it doesn't distract and take away from um, what God gave me and responsibilities and serving Him and church and those kinds of things, as long as it, that is good and right and proper to try to go after that success. And, and that mind, there's nothing wrong with saying, I need to be better. Um, to learn something, maybe through some edu element of education. Part of it should just be reading and learning more of the Word of God and, and to prove it. But so, so in that sense, I'm looking at myself and say, hey, can I do something make better? That's not prideful to say, hey, I'm making myself better and I accomplished something. That's not pride. That's, that's a, a work ethic, part of our character. The problem is when, when something like that switches to pride, people look at it and then start flaunting everything they did. Look at these degrees I got. Look at all this education I got. When years ago, I had a conversation with, with a, a, a preacher somewhere through some emails and things, and he was criticizing some preachers who were biblical and right. And, and, and I, I sent this man an email because he was getting, had some popularity and, and, and stuff. And it came back and his response was to try to thinking he's going to, you know, shut me down in the conversation was, uh, was a whole list and bragging about, I've been here. I studied here. I got this degree. I got how many, I don't remember hundreds or thousands of books in my library. And, and I got on and on and I'm thinking, what does any of that got to do with the Bible? And, and, and it's like that proves your argument of he's criticizing other preachers based on 
uh, um, a wrong view of the Bible, but he's bragging about all these things that he accomplished. Nothing wrong with those accomplishments. Um, It's just a matter when those things come before the word of God and those things become, and this is about me instead of the Bible and a God's word, that's that you start crossing the line into pride. Um, But more importantly, on our daily life, Satan wants because he's the father of pride. That's what he does. That's why God put that list in Proverbs and, and, and about the seventh thing God hates and pride's at the top of that list. And and he said he just hey there, there's pride when it comes about me is I want I need I think that's what society is today oh we we need more money from the government we need this we don't uh, and all the things we preach on over the years against um, people not uh, hey uh, you know if you can't wear if you need some help there's temporary things happen in life there's nothing wrong with getting help if you need it um, but the, I'm talking about the lifestyle that they're trying to create for people and uh, and where it comes to I deserve I need and, and and this deserving attitude is about pride um, and and I'm a victim all the time where I deserve something and 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 that's that because because our focus on, is on us, and that's where it leads to where we're not pretty. But when you get into we looked at um, Philippians four seven and four eight uh, about the mind that the list of things God gave to think on to have His peace, and 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 it looks at if we get our attention off of those things and get my attention on me, I need. There are some things we need in life. There are some basic things that that are just part of being human, how God created us. Um, it, we, we need to have food or we're going to die at some point. Um, we, we, we need to have help. There, there's, I mean, there is some basic things in life that saying I need that is not prideful. But but when it the, our focus becomes so much on us that hey how, how we look at people and how uh, somebody either said something or or didn't say something or something I say or something that's on my mind that maybe I shouldn't say or 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 just our, our general attitude sometimes becomes prideful because our focus is on me instead of somewhere else where it needs to be. And uh, we, we need to take guard of that. So, so Satan started his, his fall, if you will, based on pride. And uh, so we need to understand where Satan comes from, and not just about Satan, but all sin that Satan, he's trying to tempt us. He's trying to distract us with the things in the world. He's trying, but underline, we need to understand that pride is the underlying issue. Satan wants to tempt us with something we like. He did that all back in the Garden of Eden. Eden, when he tempted Eve and, and tried to, tried to get her attention on that fruit looks good. But then he said, you're going to be as gods, small g, plural gods, and uh, you're going to know now. He tried to get something that Eve could think, man, I'm going to be something. This might make me important. This might make me above and get some knowledge and, 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 and be down. Really, underneath, he was, he was trying to appeal to her pride. And uh, so we, we need to just understand that, that ultimately... That is Satan's tool. That's why living as a Christian, the commands throughout Scripture are, hey, how we love God, how we love each other, um, the forgiveness, um, love our brethren, uh, love your enemies as yourself. 
Uh, that that verse has a whole uh, man, a whole thought. We tell, we do have a pride. We do have something in ourselves, and 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 there's all kinds of ways. When it said, "Man, I should love my neighbor as myself. I should pray for my enemies. I, I should." There, there's there's a lot there. All of God's commands to live right are opposite of what pride is, and uh, so. That's Satan. So he wants to, Satan wants to keep us down. Satan wants to keep us in a place where, where we're not useful for God. And uh, Satan w- works among the unsaved. We're not going to dwell on this. There's a couple of scriptures in Matthew 13, um, 38, John 8, 44, Acts 13, 10, uh, 1 John 3, 10. Um, ha- have some reference or similar phrase to, because I've listed several persons, it might not be worded exactly, but some of them were Jesus or Paul referring to somebody unsaved as a child of the devil or children of the devil or or, or children of disobedience or, or something along that line that if we're not saved, that, uh, hey, where, where's our attention? The unsaved world has no one. We talked about in previous weeks looking for this peace. Uh, people commit sin sometimes trying to fill this hole or void that we have without Christ Without Christ being being the authority or being uh, the controlling entity of our life, I'm not talking about to gain salvation. Salvation is by belief. I I, I understand I'm a sinner. I, Jesus died in my place. I accept Christ as my Savior. I, I believe who Christ is. That, that uh, he he died for my sins. He was buried. He rose again and paid the price for my sins. That's salvation. But after salvation, I need to let God have control of my life. And, and, and that's where we're through the Holy Spirit and, and we miss the, the people that get salvation wrong, get all them things out of order. Doesn't mean those things shouldn't be there. God needs to have control of my life. But we, we have to keep it in the right order. So we get this order where it says that, hey, there's this void or hole. Man, I'm just not sure. I don't have peace. So either a person unsaved just can't have that fill. They're not saved. They don't have the Holy Spirit. They're, they're, that void is there that they're going to go in the world. It doesn't matter if it's a sinful lifestyle. It doesn't matter if it's anger. It doesn't matter if it's going to be an alcohol. It doesn't matter if it's drugs. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what it is. They're trying to fill that hole with something and get it. Now, once you get saved, Jesus takes care of that void in our life. But if we don't let him have control and let him have the, 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 the preeminence in our life and let the Holy Spirit direct us, we can get, and we studied it a while back, where it says you can, you can grieve the Holy Spirit. You can quench the Holy Spirit where you're not hearing the Holy Spirit anymore. And really, that's a mind and, and heart issue that, hey, I'm about myself. I'm living my life. I'm going through the motion. I'm going, and I'm not paying attention to the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says we can get away from God to the point that you can even forget that you were ever saved in the first place. That's a dangerous place to be as a child of God. And, and, and so letting God have control of my life will, will help uh, fill that void and give us that peace um, that we want. So that, that's where keeping them um, blinded. Satan's goal is to keep people blinded to the light of the gospel from 2 Corinthians 4, 4 and, and says that, hey, that, but once you get saved, now Satan is trying to attack you and keep you uh, from serving God.
So let's look at uh, 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. We have to understand where we're at with Christ to defeat the devil. The devil is trying to attack you. Um, there is a spiritual warfare going on in, in the world, and this oppression we're noticing, I believe, getting closer to the last days, I believe we're noticing it because of maybe there's more lost people than there used to be, or maybe it's more Christians not living close to God or letting God work, or maybe it's just God's, you know, God's plan and coming to the end times that Satan knows his end is coming, and he's trying to ramp up his game. I'm not sure which, and it doesn't matter which. The, the results are the same, and our defense is the same, um, whichever. So we have to understand where we're at. Part of having peace in our life is understanding where we're at with God. First, uh, First John 4, 4. Ye are of God, remember this is written to save people in the church, ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So that's referring to Satan. It's he that is in the world. That's not some random lost person that we think is living a wicked life when it's talking about he that is in the world. Satan is called the prince and power of the air. He has control of the world. He can move about the earth, remember? And uh, he, he met Jesus in the wilderness and, and tried to tempt Jesus personally. And uh, so well, we, we, we have what's in us, in Christ, we have as greater than he that is in the world. So we have uh, that defense in Jesus Christ. And uh, so we have to understand that Satan has some power in the world. Now, Satan cannot possess a saved person. If I have the Holy Spirit in me, Satan can't occupy that same space. And uh, somewhat jokingly, but some truth, um, I, I tell my kids sometimes we're walking or doing something or working or something, and they'll, they'll bump and they'll try to squeeze through where, where hey, I'm standing, we got to walk with it, but I'm afraid sometimes I tell them on the younger ones, you know, two objects can't occupy, occupy the same space at the same time. There isn't room. Some people try to drive that way around here. They think they can get in front of me when there's not enough room. <laughs> and uh, you two objects can't be in the same place at the same time. And uh, more importantly, spiritually, when I'm saved and I have the Holy Spirit in my heart and, and I'm saved, it, it, Satan can't possess me, but Satan still does have influence in this world. And we need to know that and be aware of it. I don't think we need to do extensive studies and, and dwell on it. I, I've actually seen some preachers get have some issues and get distracted. I knew a guy years ago, he started. He said, man, I'm going to study the things on the occult and I'm going to get some information, which in some ways sounds good. It could be helpful. And he said he wasn't studying very long. He said, I had to put it away and get back into some straight Bible and, and, and not worry about that because of the oppression um, that Satan has. The, the spiritual warfare is real, and, and we need to be aware of it. We don't need to dwell on it. We just need to know it's there. That's also not an excuse um, for things going wrong in my life. Well, that's just Satan trying to attack, so you know I can't do anything about it. That's not true either. Um, we, we need to understand that balance, but we do need to understand that the war is real. First uh, Thessalonians chapter 3. 1 Thessalonians 
chapter 3 and verse 5. Speaking here, for this cause, when I could no longer forbear, I sent to know your faith, lest by some means the tempter have tempted you, and our labor be in vain. So the big picture is Paul's writing to the church and said, "Hey, I couldn't know." He said, "I had to write. I had to go find out um, where, exactly where you're at on the, on some faith issues. Are you still right with God in some ways?" And you can go read the whole book and study Paul's letter there to to see it. But here's this phrase. And I sent to know your faith. He said, I needed to know that you were so straight on everything. He said, last by some means, the tempter have tempted you and our labor be in vain. In other words, what he's writing to the church here, he's saying, hey, I, I need to be sure that the tempter hadn't got you. Otherwise, us coming and trying to help you is going to be in vain. Your heart still has to stay right with God. But what the point here is for today's purpose is the tempter can still tempt you. Um, what we see in Revelation, also if you study Job, you say Satan is our accuser. Satan can stand up, he'll try to go to God, he'll try to blame, he'll try to excuse, he'll try to, to say, hey, it's it's you know, remember Job, God called Job a perfect and upright man. And Satan, well, that's just because you bless him so much. It's like so Satan tries any angle he can and, and, and proves. So he wants to see some references in Revelation. Satan wants to accuse us. Satan wants, in other words, Satan wants to bring us our path. Satan will be our accuser even to ourselves. Doesn't have to always go before God. Our sins are covered by the blood of Christ. Uh, that doesn't matter. But Satan will get in your mind. Satan will get in your head and try to, that's what guilt is. That, that, that's what, I mean, there's a place for some good guilt, man. If you commit a crime, uh, you're guilty, should be sorrow. And so there's a, there's a place for some guilt, but living with guilt, especially as a child of God, when God forgave me and I go in and Satan keep trying to remember that thing you did uh, 20 years ago and they keep trying to, to bring stuff up and try to Satan's goal is to try to keep you thinking that you're damaged. Satan's trying to get you to think that you're no good for to God. And, and if Satan can convince you in your mind that you're damaged, he can keep you discouraged and keep you down. Um, if I'm saved and I'm, I'm forgiven and God forgave my sins, my sins are gone. My sins are covered. Um, Satan had no place. There's no guilt. Uh, um, there should be enough attention on, hey, you know, I remember when I messed up, God got on me. I had to get right with God. I never want to do that again. I never want to go back. I, I'm not saying guilt doesn't mean that, that we ignore everything. Uh, guilt just means, hey, I'm not living with it. That's taken care of. It's forgiven. It's in the past. And that's what last week we talked about forgiveness. That needs to be with each other because Satan will start rooting bitterness in people and say, hey, remember that thing. Whatever it is, and Satan tries to bring that up and he'll accuse you. Sometimes it's about yourself or each other. Satan will get in your mind and he's the accuser. And uh, he'll uh, he'll get in. He'll try to... Uh, Hinder you, First Corinthians, First Thessalonians. I'm sorry, close to where we're at. Back up to chapter two, if you're still in that book. Um, First Thessalonians, chapter two. And verse eighteen. Wherefore, 
We would have come unto you, even I, Paul, once and again. But Satan hindered us. You know, when we're going after the things of God, Satan is going to try to hinder you from serving God. I mean, he could do that for, he, he can't, you're, hey, I'm saved, I'm secure in Christ, um, I have peace, I, I can be 100% right with God, but Satan can get into unsaved, some unsaved law. The hinder it could be, for example, hey, we're heading somewhere, we're going to serve God, maybe we're heading to church on Sunday, and Satan gets into that unsaved drunk driver coming down the road and get in front of you, cause a wreck, doesn't matter if you get hurt or not, but he hindered you from going to church that day. Say Satan can hinder you. Maybe it's for that. Maybe it's circumstances. Um, hey, you're getting ready to go out, go serve God, visit somebody, go help somebody in need, um, just go be a neighbor. Or maybe it is an actual what we call serving service and outwardly. We're going to church. We're going to a church activity, some. And 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 Satan causes an issue in the house that takes an emergency and tries to get our attention and and uh, and and making issues. We've had here in the past um, the things with the uh, in the winter with our heater, you got to come to church Sunday morning. And, hey, I got no heat. Um, summer or winter, that's, that can be a problem some days. And uh, we, we, we've dealt with those. Days. Satan tries to hinder us from serving God. We have to be aware of that. And uh, so he's trying to get people to depart from the faith. One of the reasons for some of this here, why I do so much against, uh, or at least mention often, the, the heresies out there with work salvation issues. As Satan is trying to get us to depart from the faith. As we saw a while back, been quite some time now, when we went through the church history of the, of our, and dealing with the history of the Bible, and uh, saw that we see the corruption coming into the other place. Remember, there's two lines of text. Um, one that came out of Antioch, and where the Christians were in, in Jerusalem, if you go in the Bible, it said they were first called Christians. At Antioch, are uh, you going to trust those people with the word of God? Or in the Bible, everything coming out of Egypt is never a good thing. God said, don't go to hell, Egypt for help. Don't go. And then they found some of these old goofy texts down in uh, Alexandria, Egypt, and uh, try to base it and try to claim somehow that's a remnant of the Word of God. And uh, it just doesn't fit Bible. It doesn't fit Bible history. It doesn't fit where it come from. And we need to have our attention there. But the false teachings that come through those issues, Paul warned often, when you read Paul's letters, he warned often, especially Galatians. I, I love where in the hay are your movies? If anyone come to you, if I or even an angel gives, says something different, they should be accursed. Um, that's not the gospel. And uh, so we got these things. That's why there's so much death. Satan wants us to get. We, we, got, we got groups out there that are so subtle, but they're enough right on enough things that we don't want to be against them. I'm, I'm sorry, but salvation is, is the most important thing. If you got salvation wrong, you're going to get almost everything else wrong. And you have to stay with what the Bible says. We have to, so Satan's trying to get people to depart um, from uh, the gospel. Let's go to Ephesians uh, chapter 6. Here's there, Ephesians chapter 6. I'm going to speed up and skip uh, some of my notes, but uh, just for time's sake, but I want to make sure that we get to this. How do we deal with, uh, and, and I might even uh, continue some of this next week because we could break it down in a lot of detail, and there's some things here to look at, but how do we deal with uh, the uh, fighting Satan? Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11 
It says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. It says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girded about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, take in the shield of faith wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And uh, so... Uh, I'm going to stop there for this moment. So we have a couple of things. We, we have the, the, the truth. We have the gospel. We have the faith. But I, I want you to notice something. I mentioned everything centers around salvation. We have to have salvation, right? Our peace starts there. If you go back a few weeks um, where, we, where we started talking about peace, we had to nail down what salvation is in Scripture and how God seals and protects it. My peace comes from I can't lose my salvation. Yes, I can get away from God. Yes, God could chastise me. Yes, I could lose some peace. Yes, I could lose blessing. Uh, I, God commanded us to live right. God said to live holy. Uh, God said to, uh, that we sin, live that we sin not. And, and, and all them things, yes, certainly we live right. But I, the fact I can't lose my salvation means I'm sealed. My peace starts there. And we have to have it notice. And how many times I've mentioned the mind in this process and take the helmet of salvation Notice salvation is a helmet here in this armor of God. Uh, just like Philippians 4, 7 said, that the, and the peace of God was passed all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And uh, so that's part of our protection is understanding our place with God. And uh, so as we look at this idea of the, uh, the, the truth and, and, uh, and uh, the breastplate of righteousness, Notice that as, as, as I live that bread, that protects our chest, that, the vitals, maybe arrows coming and through it. When you think of an old soldier wearing armor in the battlefield, um, that breastplate was a major part of their protection. That's where our vital organs are. Modern, they speed up modern day. Um, we have different, um, more modern types of what we call body armor, and that protects the body uh, from danger. That's where our important parts are, our heart and, and our lungs and in our vital organs, and we have that. Notice it said the breastplate is righteousness. That's not to get saved, but if I want to defeat Satan, I have to understand the parts of my armor and what it is, living right with God and obeying this book and following the word of God is part of my protection. Yes, I have peace, but notice for short, for time's sake and and, and uh where we're at short, I, I may elaborate more on, on this. I, I got a bunch of notes on some other avenues of how this goes together. But we have to understand our enemy and his attacks to know how to defend. This isn't about Dean. I, I, I know we've all had, we, we've had sermons over the years and, and, and we've heard things or sometimes it shows up in a song or, or something where we talk about defeating the devil. And the truth is, we're not going to defeat the devil. The Bible says we can resist the devil. And James says, submit yourselves therefore unto God. We, sometimes we forget that part. <laughs> we, we need to go to God first and get under the word of God first and let God control our life first. Submit yourselves therefore to God and then resist the devil and he will flee from you. 
The fight is God's. You notice in this passage here, talking about the armor of God, notice there's no place that one I'm fighting, it says to stand or withstand are the words used several times through this passage. So God gives us an armor to protect. He's not doing the fighting. God has his angels doing the fighting. But knowing that, hey, things are going to get through and, and Satan's going to get some attacks in and, and Satan's going to get close enough to us to try to distract us and, and get a few darts in and get a few jabs in and get some temptation in. And God said, hey, I'm doing the fighting for you, but, but here's the protection just for your protection. This isn't our fight. We just need to protect ourselves from what is out there. And uh, so let's look at Ephesians chapter 4. Back up a couple chapters. Ephesians chapter 4. Notice how we do it back to the mind and heart and some of our decisions. Um, there, there's several things going on here. Um Let's go back up to verse 23. Mentioned last week, we preached on forgiveness. We talked much through this process about keeping our mind. Let's go here to Ephesians 4 and 23 and be renewed in your spirit. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So our mind is an important part in our process. And, and uh, we, we have to, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So we, we are, I'm saved now that I'm a child of God. And Paul mentions several times throughout uh, Paul's, God, Paul's letters or, uh, or uh, what, what Paul wrote. And, and he said, so he said, hey, put on new man. You're saved. You're now a child of God and I act like it. If you read Paul's letter, he said something along that line often. He said, hey, you, you, you belong to God. Uh, you need to see it. You need to act like it for your sake. Get rid of the old man. But he did distinguish a difference and said, hey, get rid of the old man. Put on the new man, created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Verse 26, be angry, be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Um, notice that angry and sin not. People, I've heard all kinds of things on that, but, but, uh, we're angry, but the sin not is how do we, how do we react to it? Uh, do we take, get angry at something and take it out on somebody or have a temper or, 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 or turn it against somebody? That, that's, that's part of that. It said, let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Um, that'll keep you a restful sleep. Don't hold on to that bitterness or anger or problem. That's where forgiveness comes in. And I can have rest and go to bed at night and sleep and uh, not be angry. But, 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 that's not where we're getting. Now look at 27. It gives some information here. But then it says 27, neither give place to the devil. Um, that's an interesting phrase. The devil cannot possess me. The devil cannot, um, the, the, the devil cannot uh, stop me. But what the devil can do is, is get in and tempt and distract and, and uh, get to where Hey, I, I, I'm not sure what's going on, or uh, man, I just got myself so discouraged because the devil attacking my mind and 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 get away where where hey, am I am I saved? Is God working? What's going on? No, we need to back up, get back in the word of God, 
get back where God's peace is, follow the book, get the armor of God back on, uh, um, get, get, and, and uh, uh, get this. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 2 on a, on a similar note here that uh, I, I believe might explain it a little clearer, but it's, a, it's the same thought. Um, 2 Corinthians 2. And verse 11, 2 Corinthians 2 and verse 11 says, Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. In other words, we don't want to give Satan an advantage. I'm living for God. I want to do right. I want to have peace. I want to have God's blessing. I'm trying to, to focus on the things of God, to have peace and, 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 and all the things that, that uh, Philippians 4, 8 says, to think on these things. And, and, and I want, and if I'm not careful how I treat and how I think and how, I, how my mind processes, especially dealing with God but it's, and other people, is to let Satan have an advantage in my life. That's a crazy thought. Man, I'm saved. I'm on my way to heaven. Everything's good. No, that, that's just the beginning. I'm born again. In other words, I was just born. Um, I'm trying to have to grow. I have to enclose. There's things I need to do to have that peace and that joy. And Satan, if I'm not careful, will get an advantage in my life. Let's see how to stop it. Actually, if we back up and go back up to verse 10, gives the description um, I read it out of order on purpose just to make the thought and know where we're going, but we don't want Satan to get an advantage. Verse 10 says, To whom ye forgive anything, I forgive also. For if I forgave anything, to whom I forgave it, for your sakes forgave I it in the person of Christ. And uh, you can go back to the, the context and see what's going on. He's dealing with this church. Actually, this is 2 Corinthians. So the 1 Corinthians was dealing with issues in the church. And then 2 Corinthians was a lot more about how to help and how to grow and encouraging and, and all that. But he's saying, hey, we, we don't. It starts with that, that attitude so that we don't let Satan have an advantage in our life. And so we don't let Satan get any attention. And we don't want Satan to have um, any, any trouble. Satan can't control us. Satan can tempt us. Satan can't gain, gain control of our life unless we just allow, he attempt it, he'll put a thought in our head or, or our mind and, and try to get it, and we start dwelling on that. And we start keeping our thoughts on that idea or, or problem or, or person or, or whatever, and Satan, and, and, and Satan just kind of planted it there. He just kind of throws it out there. And if we're not careful, that's what Hebrews talks about, the root of bitterness. In other words, Satan puts an idea or a thought. It might be something I did. It might be bringing up guilt I did. It might be about another person and something we think they wronged us or, or maybe they really did wrong us or, or, or we just, and, and, and if we're not cautious, we, we, we allow Satan. There's been many times that I've been at work somewhere by myself and, and something like that. Maybe it's family. Maybe somebody said something or, or something I didn't like or, or it's continue or somebody else at work mistreated me or, or I've had it happen all kinds of issues and, and Satan and, and I'm driving, man, I'm driving or I'm working or I'm somewhere by myself. And boy, you know, sometimes you get in that rut at work and, 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 and it's kind of boring. I just start thinking and my mind just starts going. 
and and if I'm not cautious and I got to get a verse or a or a song or a hymn and and get my attention and they'll say hey, get away and get my thought I have to get my mind back on track to the things of God so that I don't dwell and let that turn into any type of bitterness or unforgiveness and and, and I've been there where we have to get a hold of that and get that thought under control because that's where Satan starts at he can tempt he can't control us but he can tempt us he he can he he can uh, he he can distract and he can get that advantage and it's not Satan controlling us he just puts that seed of a plant in your mind and then our human nature takes over and then we're dead. that's why God puts so many guards and checks and things about our mind under this Isaiah 8:20 says to the law and to the testimony if they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. Someone's not speaking according to this word. That's why the danger of going out in the world and try to get advice for the help that we need. I'm not saying we never need help. There's a place for possible counseling or just getting in the Bible myself or, or getting it. I'm just saying that, hey, if somebody says something contrary to this book, um, that... That that's, it doesn't line up somewhere. Hey, God's book is right. The person is wrong. And uh, so uh, we need to understand it. I want help. I want peace in my life. I need to defeat this enemy or keep the enemy out of my life and keep Satan at bay and let uh, resist the devil so he'll flee. I want to win. But if we're trying to serve God, Satan's going to try to stop us. And we have to understand that. No, I don't need to dwell on that. I don't need to look around every corner and worry about if Satan's out there trying to send a demon or tempt me or Satan's oppressing me every time I turn around or, or tell you, but it's out there. We just need to know that it's real and know that God gave us a way to resist. That's what I need to know. We look around, we know it's real. Just look, look around at, at how people act and how people are and, and, and you can see the oppression. People are discouraged. People are down. People are, are, are just watch how people walk uh, around in public and, 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 and you can just tell there, there's, there, there's, there's an oppression. Satan's trying to keep people from serving God. That's his goal. But God gave us a plan to have that victory and to keep Satan at bay. And uh, we need to uh, put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to withstand. We understand there is a spiritual warfare, but, but uh, I, I'm not dwelling on the warfare because the warfare is not mine to fight. God just gave me a way to protect myself while the battle is going on. And uh, so that, uh, we, need to, we need to watch. Stay in the Word of God. Submit yourselves for to God and resist the devil, and he will flee from you. With that, let's stand together. And as we think, where are we with our walk with God? Where are we? First of all, our salvation, is that settled? If you die today, do you know for sure you'd go to heaven? But, man, you're a child of God. Are you living like it? Can somebody in the world look at your life and say, "We used there used to be some things out there. Yeah, you know, I live good. I live better. I'm, I'm better than someone else or get a good life. You know what the underline is we've seen over the last few weeks? You know what people want to see that's going to get their attention on the gospel in our life is peace. The biggest witnessing tool we have is just peace. What, 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 what do we have in our life that says, 
Somebody can look at me and say, I want what you have. And this crazy world, the biggest tool we have is just having God's peace. Closing prayer. God, I thank you for this day. God, I thank you for giving us your word. God, I thank you for giving us a, a, a plan and, and, the, and the armor and the protection um, a, as we live in this old world so that we can have, have peace, so that we can serve you, but God, just so that we can live. And, and uh, you're concerned about the details of our life and that just so, so that we can live in peace and, and enjoy being your child. God, I pray that you'll help us and, and uh, encourage us, give us strength, and, and uh, give us your help as we go serve you this week. In Jesus' name, amen.